When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein and joined today by a special guest, Gino Vega. How's it going, man? How you doing? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here today. Cool. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for October 18th, 2016. Uh, so to start with, sort of your, your big picture thoughts, what did you think of the show last night? Well, um, coming off the heels, especially of watching uh, Raw Monday, um, wasn't my favorite show. Uh, I thought that that uh, I, I was still kind of taken with the whole Goldberg angle on uh, Monday. So I mean, I guess that's kind of high expectations to live up to because I really enjoyed that uh, end of that show. But um, I mean, I thought it, it was a show. I'm kind of waiting to see where SmackDown's going right now. I feel like things are kind of um, not stagnating necessarily, but you know, I'm waiting to see. Um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for some new direction on the show, basically. It does seem now, now in this new era, since we've had the brand split established, I know my thought has been that I think SmackDown has been consistently a tighter show, obviously, with a shorter running time. Um, I think they've had a more coherent idea of what they were doing storyline wise. But to, to your point, I do feel like, especially with No Mercy, that was really sort of this catalyst uh, for me, where it's like, okay, we've been, you know, running in place with a lot of these same storylines now for two months uh, coming up, you know, on, uh, I forget what week's episode this was, but it, but it feels like we're not getting a lot of forward movement in new directions. And right. maybe the shallowness of the roster is really starting to be felt. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, th I think that's that's kind of what was standing out to me um, um, since No Mercy, like you say. Um, uh, when the brand split started, SmackDown really did feel to me like the like you were saying, the tighter show, um, the more coherent show. It, it usually feels like more of a show um, while watching it, where Raw is kind of all over the place a lot of the times. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like now that we're some months into this process, the the thinness of the roster is kind of starting to um, show some signs of where well, you know, let's go uh, match by match and talk about what happened on the show. Of course, you know, the big the big result last night and uh, in their internet wrestling community, especially, I mean, I think just a gift to them with James Ellsworth and uh, continuing what he's got going on and literally in the in the main event title picture last night of all right. things. Uh, but let's go match by match and talk about what happened. Uh, we had, you know, uh, the segment starting with uh, Ellsworth and Dean Ambrose backstage, of course, pushing the new Ellsworth shirt, which, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but the first match and extended segment of the night was Randy Orton versus Luke Harper. Um, so, so let me ask you this. I know Raj and I in, in recent weeks have sort of talked about our apathy towards this storyline. But what do you think about it and where it's headed? And uh, I mean, this was the first time we've seen a casket in WWE programming in a while. So I'll give him points for that. Uh, but with the whole switch of Rue and Kane appearing at the end, uh, I mean, what do you think of the storyline and how did you think it was presented last night? Um, I think apathy is a good word for this storyline. Um, I think that, um, I mean, we're just seeing kind of the end results of, um, I guess years now, um, of what, from my opinion, is kind of a mishandling of the Bray character. Um, this whole feud in particular to me, it just feels like a lot of um, square pegs trying to be fit into round holes. I mean, Randy Orton is probably the last guy on the WWE roster that I think of putting in a supernatural angle. <laughs> that isn't really working for me. And Bray, I mean, I feel like since uh, the Wyatt family came onto television, they've always been trying to push this supernatural angle with them as well. And I, I, it works somewhat with the character, but I think he's a significantly different character than the undertaker was. And I feel like, there's kind of this move to make him, you know, the heir to the undertaker's uh, position as, you know, the, the spooky supernatural guy on the roster. And I mean, he, de that is definitely a place for him there, but I think it needs to be in a different way than the undertaker. Like, I don't know, caskets and Bray don't necessarily work for me. I mean, I, I don't see the connection there. So um, yeah, this particular feud, I, I have not, I haven't been having a great time watching it unfold. 
So what's, what, what's that quote? And I'm not sure who even to attribute it to, but you see it come up, especially on Reddit a lot, where Vince thinks with Bray he's created another Undertaker, but in reality, it's another Papa Shango. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and the, the sad thing is, I mean, I Bray could be a lot more than Papa Shango, and um, but yeah, that that quote pretty much sums up, you know, how, how it's felt to me so far. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, we've talked before that, you know, they've never really done a full face turn with Bray that, that maybe, of course, it's time um, with Randy, you know, last night. And and this is a big pet peeve for me is I feel like when the, the commentary team or the wrestlers themselves start quoting the, the entrance music, you know, they've got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know? that's a good point. And with Randy, it's just like he hears voices. He hears voices, Mauro. You know, it's like just when yeah. JBL is sitting there, uh, you know, going off his talking points. Um, I thought the Kane switcheroo was was kind of neat you know uh it, it kind of I, I like when they do sort of gimmicks and stunts like that although with the Wyatts and with Kane it seems like that's sort of their go-to you know yeah. it's just like it's like hey you might not know this but we can sneak guys in under the ring and then have them appear and then disappear back under the ring yeah it's, it's just and, and I mean in WWE I, I definitely think there's a place for that I mean so yeah. you know some people get bothered by the the um supernatural <laughs> magical stuff in general I mean that's always been around in in WWE since the days of WWF so that part is fine it just I feel like it's not really going anywhere <laughs> yeah and I don't know I don't know what the the resolution is of this so uh Randy Orton won by DQ after uh Kane got involved and you know hi uh, hijinks ensued uh I have to say I really like the backstage segment they followed up with after that with Andrew DeMarco with AJ Styles um and him just going on about you know the match with james ellsworth i love that he did the shout out to david arquette as the wcw champion yeah and that it's that was funny because that's what i've been thinking about the whole time since this james ellsworth storyline uh started it's been kind of shades of david arquette to me yeah. it's making me think about, back on that probably also the fact that goldberg's back and, and now it's you know <laughs> yeah it's like it's 99 WCW, um, yeah flooding back which is fine with me because i was a big wcw fan but uh <laughs> But yeah, that uh, segment, uh, again, it speaks to, um, from my opinion, I mean, AJ Styles um, has just been amazing in WWE as far as I'm concerned. Um, I've been an AJ fan for a long time, um, but if you had told me, you know, five years ago that he would be able to be in this, uh, you know, really top of the card main event spot in WWE, I, I don't think I would have seen it quite like how he's been able to pull it off. I mean, he really, um, I mean, he's always had the in-ring work. Um, and when he was in Japan, more of the character started to come out that he's uh, portraying now. But I mean, he, he really, any segment they've given him in WWE, he's really been able to run with and, and turn it into something, in my opinion. So, so this is being mentioned in the chat on YouTube Live. Do you feel like they're, they're sort of hampering him and making him look bad as champion, doing stuff like one Ellsworth, putting him in sort of a stunt comedy match like that, or using Ellsworth as a proxy for his feud with Dean Ambrose? But furthermore, in that leaning so hard on AJ being this over-the-top heel, do you feel like they're sort of limiting what they could do with him as champion? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that's what I was trying to say was I think he does a good job with what they give him. Yeah. that I'm not necessarily a fan of what they've been giving him. And I think he could do a lot more. I mean, I think um, he's been at his best um, kind of with uh, some of the early Cena matches that he had when he's just really put in there as this serious guy um, in the main event title picture. Um, for me, I mean, I, I think comedy stuff like um, the James Ellsworth stuff, which I know like a lot of my friends that, that have been really into it, I don't have a problem with it, but I really don't like to necessarily see it in the title picture. I think that's yeah. like, you want to keep that main event um, title situation that, you know, that's kind of where the substance of, of the show is. That's where the serious stuff is and have all the, you know, the comedy and stuff further down the card. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's, um, I don't think it's necessarily making him look bad because he's able to rise to the occasion, and make something out of it, but it's not necessarily where I want to see him, you know, as an AJ fan. Well, and because it's, it's, they, I mean, they have the legit OG WWE world championship on SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah. And that, that, and that's that, if you really start to think about it, that's kind of funny too, because it really seems like this is not, you know, this is like a kind of a secondary world title and the main world titles on the other show, which isn't the case. So. <laughs> uh, so after that segment with AJ, we had Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Uh, I mean, what, what do you make of this now? I I've been lamenting. Um, and for me, it was especially disappointing having been at no mercy live and being in SmackDown that week with Becky Lynch being out of the picture till November 8th. Um, what do you make of sort of this placeholder feud they have right now with Alexa and Naomi? And what did you think of the match last night? Um, it's very day glow. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I mean, I, 
the again, this is uh, stuff that now some months into the brand split. I can't remember exactly when it started, but um, we're starting to see some of these cracks, which a lot of people were worried were going to happen because they happened the last time this company did a brand split. It really doesn't make any sense to me why um, they don't have you know, all the tag teams on one brand, all the women yeah. on one brand. It, it Things are seem so diluted right now. Um, and you'll have, um, with the women on each show, you know, you have your um, kind of main feud and then everything else, there's a few kind of secondary feuds going on, um, placeholder feuds, and it just, everything just feels really diluted to me. It's like, I don't know. I really wish that uh, things were kind of focused, like, because... I think at its best with the brand split, um, you can end up with two shows that are very distinct and you really want to watch and follow each of them. At the worst, you end up with where, and how I feel things are kind of going right now, um, Raw's a red version of a show, SmackDown's a blue version of the show, but it's basically the same show. And I feel that that's kind of what's happening right now. I, I see a match on Monday night. Um, I remember they were doing this when they were kind of uh, when the brand split was first starting off. And they were reintroducing the uh, idea of squash matches, which I think is a great idea. But you were seeing uh, what was it, uh, uh, Braun Strowman doing a squash match on Monday, yeah, um, and then uh, you were having seen Nia Jax do a squash match on Tuesday. And it was basically the same character, same match, just different actors in the role. And um, I just I really um, seen seen the. Um, parts of the roster where they don't have as many um, members such as the women, such as the tag team. I just really think that they would be better served being on one show. Well, and I'll tell you, so with Alexa last night, I like that she went back to doing, uh, I mean, not OG Alexa, but doing something that was a little more recent with her NXT look, doing the Nightmare and Elm Street homage, which is good. I think that Harley Quinn thing, man. I mean, like, I get that someone in costuming feels like a genius for having you know come up with that comparison and i'm sure wow. creative liked it but man morrow just lampshaded it so hard yeah yeah that, that doesn't it's funny because a lot of times i feel like um uh in wwe and in wrestling when there's a uh, gimmick or an act that's um just so closely drawn from something that's already in popular culture a lot of times it doesn't work for me but then when i stopped to think about it i thought the sting crow character was one of the greatest characters in uh you know, nineties wrestling. And that was a, just a direct ripoff of something from a movie. So I, there, there's a fine line, but yeah, the Harley Quinn thing, I, I like her better, you know, doing the, doing the NXT gimmick, you know, that, that to me, I, I was much more uh, interested in and invested in Alexa bliss as she was on uh, NXT than from, you know, what I'm seeing right now. So. And she had a good storyline on NXT with a good evolution of the character. Yeah, right? definitely. Based to heal. And I feel like, uh, do you watch talking smack on the network also? I don't usually catch that. Yeah. Uh, she did a good, you know, in-character interview on there. And what was disappointing to me is Daniel Bryan really set her up to, you know, sort of give her story as, you know, a pageant and gymnastics kid, uh, someone who maybe had, you know, like an overbearing parents who put them into it. And they, they started to set up the backstory and I'm bummed that they didn't really carry it through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Possibly because she doesn't have Becky as a partner right. uh, to play off of. But uh, I mean, I just, I can't wait for Becky to get back. I like Naomi a lot. And I think Naomi is one of those examples, you know, when we talk about in the history of wrestling and people that, you know, have uh, taken, uh, you know, just a, a very thin gimmick and made the most of it. I think Naomi with her entrance, just ever since she debuted that, I feel like the audience cares all of a sudden. Right, yeah. She was off the radar before, uh, but she just doesn't, you know, there's nothing on the mic. There's no story uh, there. So we're just getting yeah. these matches. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a good point. I think, um, and I think that's why sometimes there seems a, a disconnect between what we see. If, if you follow some of these characters in NXT, then versus how they um, appear once they're called up. Um, yeah. Like you're saying with like the gymnastics backstory, there's so many missed opportunities. It feels like just these little things that give you an investment in the character. And it's not even like the most outlandish story in the world. Just these things that make these characters real to you. And um, I just feel like on Raw and SmackDown, there's not a lot of um, backstory given when these characters are, are presented for the first time. Um, well, and the weird part is, you know, speaking of what we talked about with uh, the David Arquette mention, um, and even uh, the Spirit Squad, which we'll talk about in a minute, right. SmackDown is not afraid of continuity. They're not afraid of right. referencing, yeah. uh, you know, just random things that happened, um, or, and even going a little deep in that, like we saw with some of the promos the Miz was cutting against Dolph. Right. And uh, so that's where it's strange to me that they're not drawing in this. I guess maybe their assumption is maybe the the um, awareness of NXT isn't quite as high. But I don't know about you, since the brand split, I mean, I, I never thought i would say this um but it's like nxt has now been um 
you know, kind of fallen back to where it's like, I'll catch up and just kind of go through a couple weeks at a time because everyone yeah. I loved on NXT is on the roster now. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't watch the NXT weekly show um, live or regularly anymore. I mean, I, it's not due to lack of interest or there's just so much other content out there. And I mean, I, I of course follow the NXT, uh, the takeover specials, but I mean, one, yeah. I just feel like I can get what I need out of that show now by watching this. So. And I really compared it uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I feel like NXT now feels like, you know, 81 or 86 or 94 on SNL. Like it's very much a re- rebuilding year where yeah, they've got yeah. some name talent and then they've got a lot of people that are very rough that yeah. I will care about them at some point, but yeah. not quite yet. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that I don't really care about, Apollo Crews versus Kurt Hawkins. Uh, yeah. Kurt Hawkins, uh, <laughs> Not a match per se. Uh, what what do you make of this and how this has all gone with the sort of botched uh, reintroduction of Kurt Hawkins to the WWE? Um, well, again, uh, with um, the idea of sometimes some of these uh, ideas kind of being recycled in a way where it feels like we're watching the same thing, I feel like um, uh, this uh, um, the Kurt Hawkins uh, introduction um, and the lack of matches. It always almost seems like we're hearkening back to um, uh, Eva Marie, who is no longer with us, or at least for now. But um, but with the lack of genuine heat behind the angle and uh, uh, you know interest, just instead of uh, instead of Eva Marie, who people were genuinely you know invested in booing, coming out and and not giving us a, a match, we have now let's throw Kurt Hawkins out here, which is I don't know the whole Kurt Hawkins thing is strange to me because I pretty much associate him with being kind of barely on the roster maybe 10 years ago i can't remember i mean, maybe it has been that long but yeah, around 2010 well, yeah <laughs> six years ago but uh um yeah i don't know that that whole thing to me um not really feeling the kurt hawkins uh uh angle not really feeling what they've done with apollo cruz at all and he's another one that when he was on nxt um you know they gave you a pretty substantive backstory to sink your teeth into there's a whole idea of uh you know, his family background and his dad being dubious about his uh, wrestling aspirations. And I mean, it's not something, it's not a huge storyline that's going to require, you know, weeks or months to roll out, but just something to, so this guy's something other than just kind of an athletic dude that can flip around. I mean, we haven't really, yeah. I don't know what we're supposed to make of Apollo Crews on the um, uh, SmackDown roster. And which is kind of disappointing to me because I mean, I, he, I've seen what he's capable of doing. I watched him in Japan and I just don't think that they're really getting what they could be getting out of him. So, well, and that's, I mean, that was certainly a problem even on NXT. They did try and expand his backstory, but I think that the idea was, you know, he's an incredibly gifted athlete with a great smile and very charming, very upbeat and positive, but that's about it. And they didn't even take that and run with it. You know, it seemed yeah. like uh, in NXT, the joke was, it's like, okay, well, well, maybe he'll be kind of like a male version of, of Bailey, you know, be like very generous and nice and magnanimous, you know, and then still like whoop your ass in the ring. Right. But uh, yeah, I just feel like they, they've never really developed that. And with Kurt Hawkins, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. It's very strange to me that this has gone on for so long. <laughs> Yeah. Like this, this should have been over and done with, I mean, so quickly. Um, yeah, I just, I can't even wrap my mind around what they're going for with this, you know, except it's just a, like, they can slot this in literally to fill time. It's like, yeah, the exactly. And that's what it feels like while watching it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which but is unfortunate too, because on SmackDown with it being a tighter show, a two hour show, you don't need those, uh, fillers. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so. Uh, so let's talk about a segment that I thought was was really surprisingly good. I mean, I thought one of the, the high points of the night that they let Carmella back on the mic last night uh, for an extended promo with Nikki Bella. Thankfully, Carmella did not do her new intro spiel, which is, is funny because I, I dug her intro spiel in NXT. I thought she was a great sort of extension of the Enzo and Cass franchise brand. And then they brought her to SmackDown, gave her that revamped intro that just sucked. And then yeah. they were like, we need to take the mic away from her. Uh, but last night with Nikki, I thought that was really, really just interesting, the angle they went with it. And in acknowledging in kayfabe, uh, Nikki's relationship with John Cena. Because right. I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's no secret, total divas, total bellas, but really incorporating that front and center into a storyline. Now, granted, it did feel like an extended promo for total bellas, but I felt like okay, at least they're going somewhere with this, as opposed to just Carmella is just this crazy woman who just runs out and attacks Nikki Bella all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I felt the same way, and I, uh, yeah, when I was watching it, I was realizing I, I was thinking I was kind of transposing in my mind that, um, uh, they'd gone here before with the, the Cena, um, 
Nikki Bella connection, but I, I realized I really haven't storyline wise. I, I think I'm kind of more um, thinking back to the uh, Daniel Bryan Bree stuff that they were doing for a while. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it definitely gave more, um, um, more substance to something that I probably wouldn't have really cared about much um, otherwise. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, they just, they need to, to figure out where it's all headed. So on talking smack, Daniel Bryan, about a month ago, I guess, ad libbed something, which uh, as they, they want to do on that show about this idea of Carmella and Nikki in a no DQ match. And of course, you know, it didn't end up happening at no mercy, but I think that's the thing is I think they're just going to have to build this up to so sort of one big end all be all match, uh, do something a little different for a women's match because with Carmella, Carmella, that's that's the one thing that I will say I like about this is that doing something so aggressive um, for a female uh, on the roster, even more so, I think, just because of the unexpectedness. I mean, I think this is even beyond what uh, Dana Brooke has been doing um, and just having these out of nowhere attacks. And I I would like to see it sort of build up to something like that, do something a little different and, uh, you know, see what they can do, see what they can pull off. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this, which I thought was very interesting, um, given that, you know, okay, so last week it just sort of developed where we have the Miz now flanked by the Spirit Squad, which right. <laughs> if they're going to continue this, coordinate the outfits. That's all I ask, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Get the Miz in green or something. Yeah. You know? uh, the, the thing that makes me sad about this, uh, about the Spirit Squad coming back, is if they're willing to bring back the Spirit Squad, I really wish we could have seen um, a return of the Mean Street Posse back at... Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, you know, when Shane came back, but, but I digress. Well, we've had the headbangers on for Christ's sake. I was talking this, um, <laughs> our, our co-host on uh, Monday nights, you know, was Matt Morgan. And I was telling him, man, I was like, it's, you know, I finally had to put it to him where I was like, if you thought about going back because if the spirit squad and the headbangers are coming back, man, I think Matt Morgan <laughs> would be over at this point, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, for, for, yeah. going for references. <laughs> I'd all I'd be all for a Matt Morgan uh, uh, return. So. Oh, absolutely, uh, but you know, so I thought this was interesting. I like what they did. Uh, you know, Heath and Rhino giving them that short little mic segment uh, last night with the with the video package coming in. I thought was good. I feel like they've you know putting the belts on them was was really the end of that storyline, uh, which which was so nicely organically developed through the brand split, everything they did with Heath, yeah. um, and then just lost in the shuffle once yeah. they got the belts, you know, yeah. cause the real story is the Usos and American alpha, but just even giving them that little bit, you know, of Rhino, the perfectly timed, I just hate male cheerleaders. Uh, quip was great. I love what Dolph's doing with the intro now with the belt, but it, it's kind of the same thing with Dolph though. Right. It's, it's, it's almost, I feel like the WWE uh, has just acknowledged that we know how to tell a really good storyline that will get you someone invested in the journey. But once we're at the destination, we just have no clue anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, <laughs> tends to be the case it seems like yeah uh, so what did you think of the tag match of, of doing the the three on three um i liked it i uh i always like stuff um like you were saying earlier about smackdown not being afraid of continuity because i think uh, um sometimes just overall as a company wwe is a little too afraid of continuity um and so i like when they bring back these nods to the past um in effective ways um such as the spirit squad thing is the spirit squad is kind of strange for me because i they were around originally kind of during my weakest uh, time period of wrestling fandom like i wasn't really watching that closely um yeah uh i mean i've been a wrestling fan since 86 and i think that was like my Whichever year Spirit Squad was around, that's when I was watching the least. So I don't have quite the nostalgia pop that I sometimes will for for these kind of acts. But I do I do like that they brought them back. It did add something um, to the Dolph story, the Dolph Miz feud, which has been um, surprisingly um, uh, more substantive and better than yeah. I thought it would be originally. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good uh, six man match. It was it, it's um, I do um, agree with you about the Heath Slater and Rhino team. Um, they're just like, where do they go now? Yeah. Um, uh, but we'll see. I mean, that was hard because that really was um, the buildup for that team uh, to give WWE props. That was one of the better things I've seen them pull off in recent memory as far as a long t- long-term build, long-term storyline. The, the Heath thing, I originally thought they'd drop it after like, you know, a couple weeks, but they stuck with it and had a great payoff at the end. But now, you know, we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I like to think that was planned, but I really feel like that was just a serendipitous moment that they sort of stumbled into yeah. it with the joke of him not being drafted and then realize, yeah. oh my God, he's he's now more over than he's ever been. And the audience is really invested in what happens to this guy. Yeah, and I think that's why it, it worked so well because it was, you know, like you say, it was a serendipitous moment. They let it kind of breathe and they let it, uh, you know, live out its lifespan, which isn't always the case. So, um, yeah. And at SummerSlam, I mean, the chance, the chance for Heath who was not booked that weekend, you know, on anything, I mean, just, I think really proved what, that they had something there to take the ball and run with it. Um, so, so we followed that up. We had, you know, sort of this more build up to survivor series, which is strange to me that in, you know, in universe, in storyline, they're making such a big deal about accepting the challenge and all this stuff. I mean, if you're going to have a cross-brand pay-per-view, I think it's expected that there's going to be a raw versus yeah. SmackDown angle there. So I really, you know, credit to them for really trying to play out, uh, you know, all this motivation. Uh, to me, it reminds me of like... Um, when I'm trying to convince my wife of something like we should really go to this concert or should really go to this event. I come up with like all these reasons. And then when I just first hit her with it, she's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, Oh, but I had this whole thing (laughs) to sort of explain it, you know, to sort of convince you. Uh, So I'm just going to run through that anyhow. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's just such a given. I don't feel that they have to lay the groundwork here. But I did like what uh, with Natalia. I mean, it was so sort of stupid, and probably you know half the younger audience just didn't get it. But the Whitney Houston quotes thing. I mean, it was just <laughs> Natalia. It's it's like to me that was one of those things where it's like I bet you they assume half the people aren't even paying attention to this, yeah. and you know it immediately caught mine. I, I just like when they do sort of off the wall pop culture references like that right right <laughs> you know and the stuff with their cat on instagram i mean with that look this this to me suits natalia better than trying to make her this monster heel that they've been invested in trying to do now for almost the last six months yeah you know so i mean yeah. it was it was cute and uh it worked uh but uh speaking of things that i think didn't really work so well jack swagger versus baron corbin <laughs> it's like someone that i've never cared about versus someone that I, i've tried to care about I mean, I, I, with Corbin, I feel that he's gotten better. He was on Talking Smack last night. It was uh, a 100% improvement on what he did his first time on Talking Smack, where sort of giving an interview in character and, you know, improvising a little bit. I think he's got a better handle on it. But it's just, man, of all the people to, to bring over, to have be the first, uh, you know, cross-brand defection from Raw to SmackDown. Just with Jack Swagger, I think I think the We the People thing is over, but it's only over because people like audience participation. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not character dependent or a reflection on 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 him really. I mean Jack Swagger, that he's been around for so long now and there's been so many stops and starts with him. I I mean he's I just he's kind of there. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's, and it's, it's weird too, because he's not really at the enhancement talent level, but, no, I mean, uh, but he's not yeah, you know, anywhere above that really is in this kind of strange no man's land. And it's sad with him because he was someone that, you know, on paper had a lot of potential. I mean, his size his his uh, kind of amateur pedigree. He was always, you know, Jim Ross always cites him. I think he was Jim Ross's last uh, signing as, as uh, uh, the talent relations uh, um, for WWE and just really never took off. Yeah, and he's got he's got a good look, you know, good name with yeah. Jack Swagger, but yeah. just uh, I feel like I don't I don't know what the gimmick is right now. It's, it feels like they're on the, the this Patriot thing, this real American yeah. thing is on its last legs. Yeah, it is. And, and I, uh, I think he, he's best served um, – being kind of a uh, big monster legit guy, you know, with his, yeah. his amateur wrestling. Um, I, I think he's at his best um, kind of monster heel with a manager. Uh, and that that's just not really a role that they've given him much over the course of the time that he's been there. Um, Corbin, on the other hand, it's like, I was never, I've never been a huge Corbin fan, but I see flashes where, um, you know, he seems to be kind of a, a grumpy guy. Um, and when he can kind of channel that sort of, um, just surly selling personality, um, uh, it kind of gives you something to sink your teeth into you, some legit, like dislike for this guy. Um, but I haven't seen it in any kind of consistent fashion or in a few that I've really been able to care about yet. So I'm still kind of on the fence with him, uh, I liked in NXT when he was doing the indie killer 
thing. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, and and that, that that worked for me because as someone that, you know, watches indies and likes indie wrestling, it's like, oh, he's insulting my guys. You know, what's, yeah. what's going on here? You know, I thought that worked really well, but I, I don't know how really to translate that onto the main roster, you know. You know, they almost could have, now that I think about it, given where uh, with The Miz and Daniel Bryan and then the heat they had after Talking Smack uh, six weeks ago, I'm surprised they didn't like make Corbin almost like his his muscle or his lackey, you know, and yeah, kind of go yeah. with that gimmick of yeah. just sort of taking out the former indie guys that are on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think for people like yourself and myself that are aware of that sort of larger universe that these guys come from, I think there could have been something really cool there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as it is, I don't know. I just just something you know because it's like for me that that's becoming the the bathroom break match yeah, it was a match <laughs> yeah so corbin won um this is probably leading up to you know an, an awesome pre-show match on the next smackdown yeah. interview. um so we uh went from that to, to the wwe world title match james ellsworth it versus did, AJ yeah. Styles. <laughs> And okay, so with Ellsworth, internet wrestling community loves this guy. Um, I and I think the mainstream fans get it too. I mean, being at SmackDown Live last week, I thought, uh, you know, we, we talked about last week how it played on played on the air with the match with Ambrose Ellsworth, uh, with Ambrose uh, being the ref, Ellsworth versus Styles. Live, it played like theater. You know, I mean, this was like, uh, you know. Uh, you know, throwback comedy to, to the true vaudevillian era. Yeah. And um, it seemed to me like furthering this, obvi obviously Ellsworth versus Styles probably don't have that much of a legit match in them should, you know, that, that would really work all that well. And I'm sure the WWE has some reluctance to work with a guy that's not signed for sort of an extended match with a lot of spots. So I think Ambrose being in it is the only way to do it. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, Ellsworth has become this proxy through which now the, the Ambrose styles feud is, is being continued. Yeah. Um, but, but what did you make of it? I mean, do you feel like, like they sort of got this out of their system. They gave it the pop last night. And now it's done. Do you think they're going to continue this and, and really run it into the ground? Uh, I, um, I would have liked last night to have been it with this. Um, yeah. uh, as far as, um, it being something that's wrapped up in the title picture, but, um, I don't with, with the DQ win. I mean, it's still open for, uh, you know, the feud must continue. So, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really, I don't see how, much more uh, legs this has, but um, that certainly wasn't a decisive end to it. So I feel like they're going to keep going with it in some fashion. And again, this is where we're starting to get into roster issues because um, I think AJ has been great on top on SmackDown, but who else is there for him to feud with? <laughs> I mean, he's, um, you know, him and Cena are great together, but they've done that. Um, they're still doing him and Ambrose. And I, I mean, that can keep going on for a while, but I mean, it's kind of the point. I, I, part of why we're seeing, you know, a proxy come in is because they have to do something to mix it up. So it's not just the same two guys or three guys feeding month after month after month. And I just don't see who else is really there um, to come up into that main picture. I mean, Randy, I think, as opposed to being with Bray, I think Randy and yeah. Styles could do a good, you know, that, that would be a month's worth of program. Yeah. And it, it could, but I mean, you know, Randy is kind of, um, you know, getting long in the tooth for title pictures in the, the WWE. <laughs> I mean, um, I think where, um, you know, someone like Cena that's been around for the same length of time, he's managed to kind of um, continuously reinvent himself over the years um, to the point now where he's even, you know, I, you know, five years ago, I was in that stereotypical, I was the, the, Cena sucks component of the let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Uh, so back for Cena at this point, for me, uh, and I never thought I'd be seeing this, is one of my favorite guys on the roster because it's just like oh, yeah. kind of at this point where it's like, okay, this guy's been around so long now and uh, has put so much into this, I can't help but respect this guy. And um, uh, where Randy is just kind of the same same guy floating around out there that he's been for years. And I don't dislike him, but I don't like it. He just really feels like when he's involved in a, in a title program, just kind of like, well, we've run out of stuff to do, so let's bring Randy in for the month. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I feel like. Um, you know, there, there's some guys on the NXT roster that could be there tomorrow that would really, uh, yeah, that would, they would do something. So but I, at that point, I mean, NXT, and, and we've talked about this before, I think Meltzer uh, reported a few weeks ago that for the first time, uh, maybe since the inception of the network, NXT is out of the top 10 
most right, streamed yeah. things on WWE. So yeah. if you bring up Shinsuke, um, you know, or Samoa Joe, at that point, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, when guys like you and me are already like, oh, we don't have to watch NXT every week. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like that, that's their contingent. I mean, I, I think John, uh, I think uh, Liv Morgan has a ton of potential, but I'm, you know, I'm not tuning in every week for her. Right. Um, you know, they, <laughs> they got to do something at this point. Right. Um, but speaking of NXT, do you feel, God, it's, it's amazing how the WWE, how quickly they repeat history because not even a year with Ellsworth, uh, and, and it makes sense since some of that NXT creative is now behind the scenes at SmackDown in right. terms of like the head writer, but not even a year later, they're repeating, you know, what, uh, they're, they're repeating the corner they painted themselves into with blue pants. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Of taking someone that's massively over with the fans, that's not under contract and putting them front and center. And, you know, I think it's going to rub some of the talent backstage the wrong way if Ellsworth keeps getting flown out you know, right. week after week and they keep him, uh, in prominent storylines. So I don't know. Um, but that being said, I feel like they're, they're just tossing it at the fans right now because they know, I mean, look, we've got Helena cell coming up and after that survivor series, which means right. there is no SmackDown dedicated pay-per-view till December. Right. Yeah. And I don't even remember which one that is. I don't either. <laughs> um, I want to say it's like roadblock. I want to say. Oh, it, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the next time we're going to get a SmackDown only pay-per-view and they got to keep people tuning in week after week. Um, and, and to, so they're going to toss everything out there. That's, that makes fans happy. And if Ellsworth makes fans happy, I mean, I was saying it last night to my wife, I was like, you know, that t-shirt thing is significant one because he's getting merch. He's getting front and center merch. I don't remember the blue pants shirt ever promoted that heavily no, yeah. <laughs> on NXT. But, you know, I said to my wife last night, I was like, I bet you that they're going to look very closely at those t-shirt sales. And if they hit a certain threshold, we are going to see Ellsworth, you know, just back front yeah. and center um, here, because that's going to sig signify to them that, you know, this guy's over as, as a joke, perhaps, but a joke that people want to spend money on. And right, I think exactly. that's what matters <laughs> to Vince McMahon more than anything. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't care why you're spending the money. As yeah. long as you're spending the money, he wins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So as far as the match itself, I mean, I really liked it with uh, Ambrose's interference. He repeated the joke, the the car with the lights on thing. He did that, uh, what was it, in the build-up to Money in the Bank. Every time he was on commentary or there. Uh, but but I like that part of his character. And I think that him being the spoiler in this and being, you know, sort of the thorn in the champ's side is so much better than what we saw with the belt on Ambrose. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like Mean Dean. I didn't like the smug jerk ambrose character that he was as champ i like right. him more sort of as yeah the guy who's just trying to drive you insane right yeah. yeah yeah and that's i that to me that's when he's always been at his best both during his wwe career and even previously like that's what works to me the best about his persona i do want to say that match again um for me just speaks to um what aj is able to do because you know they put him out there in a main event title match with james ellsworth and uh they actually had a match and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad match. It was, uh, uh, and I mean, a lot of that is, is AJ cause he just, he's able to elevate whatever he's doing, you know, to being something more than it really should be on paper. So. Yeah. And frustrated AJ to me is, I mean, that's just gold to see, yeah. him, you know, get sort of worked up like that. And, yeah. uh, but, but again, it is sort of um, paint by numbers, you know, and template in the sense that, you know, because they, they did this with Seth a lot too, right? I mean, this yeah. idea that you, Seth is going to be like, you know, the, the um, you know, sort of crapped upon champion. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, they're going their bag of tricks. I fully anticipate that soon we'll get, you know, AJ Styles in a feud with Kane. Right. Same way. Uh, and they'll just sort of repeat with it. But I think it works. You know, I mean, there are, are only so many beats that they can go back to week after week. But I thought it was really interesting, yeah, doing the win by DQ for Ellsworth. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, Raj last week said I was crazy when I was like, is there a shot in hell that they actually put the belt belt on Ellsworth <laughs> even for a night? And again, man, I think if those T-shirt sales are high enough, I could totally see them saying like, oh, no, it's a good idea. And only because I think in WWE creative's mind, yes, it's a brand split. Yes, all both brands are equal, yada, yada, yada. But because it's SmackDown. And yeah, I don't think yeah. they take SmackDown as seriously. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you, I don't think I, I 
can't see them putting the title on him in any significant way, but you know, a one night fluke win that then, you know, gets overturned the next week or, you know, yeah. or the same night, even have yeah. him, yeah, exactly. open, you know, have him give it back to Ambrose under that pretense, yeah. um, you know, going into something, but I thought the match was good. I mean, they really, you could tell that the beat they wanted to hit was uh, with the kick, the no chin music joke. Right. <laughs> you know, they had that uh ramped up and ready to go but what's, what's funny to me about it is that both weeks in these i think ellsworth did a serviceable job he definitely plays to the crowd aj was good but it's funny to me when the star of these segments is ambrose and i think again this just speaks yeah. to his strengths i don't know you know i don't know if you watched the the latest season of swerved or even uh 12 rounds three lockdown but uh ambrose ambrose can act I yeah, mean, he's yeah like got legitimate chops yeah definitely and uh, so for me, these matches were both just a showcase for what he can do as a performer, yeah, you yeah, know, even true. going beyond wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so, so you think Raw had the better show this week overall? Well, I did. I that to me, um, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for a long time, and I, you know, I've been following WWE, WWF since you know 1985, 1986. But I, I watch a lot of other wrestling too. So I. I have things I like better about certain companies, but the one thing that WWF, regardless of any frustrations I've had with them over the year, the thing that they are just absolutely hands down the best at are kind of these big moment uh, type deals. And, you know, the Goldberg return was a, a, a great example of that where um, I didn't, the raw show itself wasn't necessarily a great memorable show to me. I mean, raw rarely is these days. It's three hours, just way too long even for someone that basically watches wrestling all day. But, uh, um, but yeah, that Goldberg segment, I just thought it would it really couldn't have gotten any better from my perspective. I mean, and granted I'm someone that watched, you know, I watched Goldberg in the nineties. I was a big WCW fan. So for me, it was like this cool homecoming thing. Um, but even still, he just seemed to really uh, get over well with the crowd there. Um, they don't really have a WWE. They have a hard time. I mean, other than Cena, they don't really have these legit baby faces on the roster. Yeah. And when he was going out there hugging the kids and, you know, doing his whole Goldberg shtick, it was really like, oh, this is kind of what they're they're missing. They need this kind of Superman guy that, you know, can go out there and be this sort of, you know, um, I, I know oftentimes uh, WWE likes to hearken to the whole Shades of Grey thing. But at the end of the day, people do kind of want to see, I think. I mean, in, in the 90s, I think people got kind of crazy about wanting everyone to be kind of an uh, unlikable character. But at the end of the day, people do what they want to see, like a, a, a good a good guy out there versus yeah. that. And, uh, and they're very meta with it. I mean, having him talk about, you know, his kid and the reason yeah. why he wants to come back and do this. I mean, this isn't like, oh, you know, I'm just such an ass kicker. I have to come back and get yeah. one last match. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're really making a good point of it. And, he, and, and Bill Goldberg has been very vocal about, you know, his frustrations with the business, why he wasn't yeah. in a rush to get back to the business. Yeah. And I like also, I mean, again, I think WWE has gotten a lot better. Maybe did the Daniel Bryan storyline being sort of the turning point with this or, or even, you know, the stuff that happened in CM Punk's last run. Um, but in recognizing, you know, the demand, recognizing what's going on and figuring out a way to incorporate that. And I have to say the video game, 2K17, you know, did a good job of that because originally it was like, oh no, Gold Goldberg's deal is only with the, the studio yeah. to promote the game. But then they saw the reaction it was getting and it built up very organically to this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the payoff is good. Oh, that reminds me, uh, speaking of CM Punk. So dude, last night on Talking Smack in Corbin's interview, and maybe this is the reason it was better, I, and I, I urge everyone to watch this. If you did not watch Talking Smack last night, the hype bros were on. AJ Styles came out and like just flipped out, you know, got mad at Daniel Bryan. It's on his head, yada, yada. Uh, but Baron Corbin was recycling CM po uh, Punk talking points about the fans and about, you know, wanting him to sign something so they could put it on eBay because they don't have real jobs. I mean, it was like, it's like literally somebody just said like, what was that thing CM Punk said? Let's just take some notes from there. Give it to Corbin it'll work it's talking smack who cares um but yeah dude like totally just just doing a lot of the same riff about you know the fans um the company the other wrestlers like it was just like whoa i mean like but especially with the ebay thing and the and he, he literally said stopping him at the airport port at five in the morning and <laughs> they bought something they printed out off the internet that they want me to sign so they could put it on ebay because they don't have real jobs right. it's just like dude like that's pretty word for word you yeah know? yeah <laughs> kind of crazy um that, that happens sometimes it's funny when yeah they'll, they'll just take something like that that you don't think that they would recycle and make it you know 
their own. <laughs> well, but something so esoteric and specific. Oh yeah, no, that, that's yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say if you had a drinking game, I mean, you could probably get uh, alcohol poisoning if you were to take a drink every time somebody uh, said, you know, in commentary that a wrestler is trying to send a message or put someone on notice. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like there are very, very tried and true cliches yeah. that come up again and again. But to have something so specific and so yeah, yeah. Narrow, yeah. was just very interesting. Um, but uh, speaking of which, that reminds me, have you played 2K17? I have not yet. Um, but I, uh, from what I've seen, I'm actually kind of interested in it. I've kind of take a, taken a break from the uh, WWE games the last few years. But um, I like the fact that it looks like they're incorporating promos into the game this year. Well, that's I the thing. I haven't really seen the details on it, but yeah. The, the, it's all text-based, um, so you don't get even voiceovers from right. your character or the other wrestlers, but it, it is very much that. So if you want to talk about the bag of recycled tropes that are used <laughs> again and again in promos, um, I, I've played through probably about 10 hours of the game so far. I'm not sure how deep it goes, but I've seen so far there's maybe like 24 or 48 different right. things you can say in different configurations uh, and nothing surprising sort of standard platitudes. Yeah. And uh, there's no rhyme or reason. It seems to me aside from whether it's a face or heel promo in terms right. of which way you're supposed to go with it. But one thing I'll say about the game um, you know, I mean, I think the graphics are great. I think the roster is great. The creator wrestler is very deep and involved. Um, as I mentioned on our Raw podcast on Mondays, you can even choose how oiled up you want your guy to look. Oh, that's and, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I have to say, though, man, like, you know, I've played a lot of games, and this one is is one of the most broken, buggy-at-ship games that I've uh, played. Yeah. Not in terms of the play mechanic. Like, nothing weird like you're doing a move, yeah. and if you go in the corner, it gets frozen and you're screwed. But just weird stuff, like in the entrances, like the audience is holding signs, and then they start to put them down, and the signs just all disappear. Like, right, they're not holding yeah. anything. Um, like, your character disappears from the matchup screen half yeah. the time when you're going into something. There's, I, I think it was a mistake for them to get it out in October this year because it feels so in need of a patch. Right. Um, you can't even skip when you're, you know, I'm still at the stage where I'm in an NXT tag team in the game, but you can't skip the intro. Like it shows you like a 15 second video package, uh, truncated version of the NXT credits every time going in, it does a crowd shot every time you can't just skip past it and go right to what you're doing. Um, it's, it's just very unpolished and it's interesting because the reviews aren't really talking about this. It's getting good reviews, I think, based on, you know, everything that's under the, uh, that's, that's included in what it could be, but yeah. not quite where it is. But if you go on the subreddit, uh, the WWE game subreddit on there, I mean, it's just again and again, people talking about how much it needs a patch. So I would say right. that, you know, you're not uh, missing out anything immediately if you haven't bought it yet. I would say yeah. you're absolutely fine to wait for the sales as we yeah. had uh, into post Thanksgiving and, and Cyber Monday. Um, but you know, that being said, I still recommend it for the fans. I mean, 2k 16 wasn't perfect, but I probably right. put in a couple hundred hours on that. Yeah. I mean, that's usually tends to be the case with the, with the WWE games. It's I've, there's some bugginess, especially in the beginning and they're, they're never perfect, but there's usually enough there to sink your teeth into, um, like, like, like with the whole promo aspect this year, like I, the, how you're describing it sounded pretty much how I figured it would be. Like, it's not the most amazing feature yet, but like that, once these things start to kind of, uh, trickle into the game, you know, then over the years they get a little bit of tweaks here and there and become more uh, substantive. So, Yeah, but the lack of uh, voiceover there, I mean, obviously there's the voiceover commentary in the game and yeah. they have a lot more audience chants and different things this year. But, you know, in last year's game, uh, when Renee Young talked to you backstage, they at least had her voice and this year right. it's just all text. Yeah. And I think with the graphics, I think the graphics are at a point right now where they're good, but there's sort of that uncanny valley where it veers into like sort of creepy Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like this is real from some angles and like weird Dr. Moreau from yeah, other definitely. angles. Yeah, and that's yeah. been the case with with wrestling games for a while now. Cause I almost kind of miss like to me, you know, the golden age for wrestling uh video games was sort of like the N64 era, um, you know, WCW versus NWO Revenge and like the WrestleMania 2000 game. I loved those games and they weren't I mean, they wouldn't have been able to back then if they even if they'd wanted to, but they weren't going for that kind of photorealistic realism yeah. or kind of a stylized look. And I almost thought think that sometimes suits uh, wrestling games better than 
going into, as you described, the uncanny valley. <laughs> but what's cool about it, though, and I think this is polarizing this year, but as someone who downloads a lot of the created wrestlers to sort of fill out my roster and do oh, yeah. more interesting <laughs> things with it, um, they've made it so in all the matchup screens, everything in game is the 3D models. So that way your downloaded wrestlers match the main roster, not like last year where you would have the 3D guy and the photos of the main roster superstars. Um, so I think that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the t- there are a couple reasons to buy this game. I mean, one is you want to go through you know play as goldberg as you can if you pre-ordered it go through just play some you know matches uh would do some interesting matchups um i'm looking forward to hall of fame mode last year they had a nice version of that it's not unlocked yet in this game that'll be forthcoming in the dlc but i like when they sort of do that timeline of matches you can play through but i think the real reason for a lot of us fans is we want to go in make a wrestler that looks like a much more in shape version of ourselves (laughs) and you know have a good career run you know And uh, with 2K16, I mean, I was able to do that. And I would say I probably got about, got almost a full year. I mean, literally, so 11 months since it came out, 11 months worth of uh, play value of just coming back to it again and again. Oh, yeah. So with 17, I mean, I'm gonna I'm not going to abandon it, but I, I definitely think, uh, you know, I'll probably wait for the patch once uh, once the new South Park game comes out or something else. Right. So, What's the uh, stability like these days with the downloading uh, created wrestlers? Uh, they they improved that greatly over last year. Last yeah. year you had to do it about five times to get it to stick. Yeah, and this year it seems like it's working on the first try. Um, face import is okay if you have your photo like properly done. Right. Um, you know, just in terms of like submitting it at the right dimensions and you, and you crop it right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, the the online aspects of it feel better you know, as far as that goes and yeah. the created, res- but the created wrestlers is funny. You know, they had a, only if you got the NXT bundle, could you get Shinsuke at launch? And I have to say the created wrestlers are so good that people are making now. Like, yeah. and the fact that it looks seamless on that end, um, all you're really missing at that point is, is the official music for sure, the time. Right. Exactly. Um, and man, I wish they let you import your own music into the Yeah, thing. they used to, they used I to know. be. But yeah. um, you could do custom videos, but they have like stock footage. So you can yeah. like put together stuff based on the stock footage they provide. Um, I mean, you can get pretty deep with it. I mean, for people that are more hardcore than, than I am, I mean, I, there's so much you could do with customizing the universe mode and making your own shows and your own arenas and your own titles. Um, but yeah, for me, the creator wrestler part is, I mean, that's, that's where the fun is yeah. doing that. And, uh, and, and they're doing more of that, so they have it now where when you're friends with someone on Xbox Live or PS4, they can sort of invade your career storyline so you can have them in oh, there also. But they also have some some sort of generic uh, creator wrestler guys that start with you as like NXT guys. So there's like right. three other ones that you'll see in your matches. And I thought that was interesting. I mean, they're not exciting characters. They're not cool. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, the bar for, for exciting um, stock fictional wrestlers and games is still Starman on pro wrestling oh, yeah, on, the, on the NES. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nothing quite on that level, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. And uh, yeah. So, so far I'm playing it. I'm about to win the tag titles with uh, they paired me up with uh, one of the other early NXT guys and you can call people out in promos too, to start feuds, which is kind oh, of cool. cool. You can pick yeah. a wrestler, but you don't say anything specific about them really. Yeah. Kind of weird. Cause I mean, that's the best thing about promos, right? Is guys right. like <laughs> each other. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I give it sort of a tepid uh, recommendation, but I think that once it's patched, it, it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Cool, man. So let's wrap things up for this episode. Want to thank everyone for stopping by once again and checking out the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Of course, we're here. Uh, of course, we're here Monday nights immediately after Monday Night Raw with myself, Raj Geary, and Matt Morgan. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next Monday with Matt and myself, uh, Gino Vega. Thanks for stopping by. Where can yeah, people find you me. online? Uh, you find me online at, uh, where can you find me online these days? Oh, uh, wordpress.genovega.com. You can also find me at, uh, sensational Vega at, uh, Twitter. Cool, man. Well, thanks for stopping by. And, and I just want to say really quick, uh, um, uh, happy birthday. Shout out to the great Simon Gotch. I think his birthday was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Since we're, since we're on the topic of SmackDown. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Underused uh, or Underused, not used. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, I don't know if you saw um, main event last week. They're back to doing the full intros for the VOD villains now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so that's something. But yeah, it's weird for them. I mean, they, they were over his faces, and now they're just back in the full sort of pseudo heel, uh, but maybe, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll get over. I, I think they're just such great performers and uh, I really hope this gimmick works out for them because I have no clue what to do with them otherwise. Right. <laughs>
Cool, well, man. Well, Simon lives the gimmick, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's key, especially with that kind of facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So thanks everyone for checking it out. If you like it, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe.